Emperor Zarnak of the Remulox Nebula. We have received the transmissions of the Bentmen, one of the most legendary bands to ever grace your pitiful planet. And on February 9th, they'll once again be unleashing their terrifying brand of rock and roll onto your populace. It might be your last chance to see the Bentmen before I, Emperor Zarnak, take over your planet. So be at once ballroom in Somerville on February 9th to witness the tightest and most twisted rock your puny planet has to offer, including special guest CMB featuring Casey Desmond. Brought to you by WEMF Radio. Unleash your inner monster before the eventual destruction of Earth. Also, can I get a ride? Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And I'm just Johnny. <laughs> I keep doing it every time. This is the Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. Leaping forward. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for picking up the slack there. I'm just doing it. I'm having a bad time. Having a hard... You know what? Let me get it out of my system. <sighs> so much better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat B. On the side of me is... Adam Black Adam Lewis. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you you set me up, cool. and I don't know if you're going to take over. But nah, yeah, it's it's, it, it is good to be here. I, I feel you're a little stressed, though. Man. Man. You're looking well, though, my friend. I'm just, it, it's been a but bad. it's Monday. It's a, it's a bad weekend. It's only two days in, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, my right. beloved Patriots couldn't quite beloved. pull out another win. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm you know, the Patriots, man. I'm still rocking the colors right now. You I know. get you. I get you where you come from. I'm, I'm, most of uh, the city is understandably uh, despondent. Yeah, uh, happened, But it was actually like a great game but like how it was, but upset can you be when you already have five rings you know what that's the I'm thing saying, like do you been... weigh it is it like on a scale you're like ah oh, man this sucks it's tough well there's a record but... this was a, this would have set a record that no one's really calling attention to right um whereas it would have been uh, belichick and uh brady would be the highest uh coach quarterback um uh super bowl winner win, super bowl win uh, scores yeah yeah they're it's pretty incredible what they've done, and it's uh, in sports it's really unheard of. Mm-hmm. And the in the tough part when you're into sports and like something happens, say your your team loses a championship, you have to see it almost every day, every hour for the yeah. re- next like two weeks. You Just can't turn on the TV face. on the radio. People are talking about it, so every day it's like a constant reminder. Of, uh, of of how bad you feel, so it's just like oh, the shame, especially oh, with why? me. You know, I've been working in bars and stuff like that. So anytime like oh, my team man. loses, like it's on Sports Center behind you all the time. Damn, I'm it's sorry, constantly man. there. So okay, yeah, what's, you what's really worse can't then, when the Cats win and they're really jazz excited in your face, or when they lose. And then heads are really just up in your stuff, man. Well, I've you know, seen like, both. What you know about I, fandom? I sat outside and tailgated in negative three degrees. Or something. It's tough, man. I, I've seen both. I've seen, you know, uh, your, your team win. The place goes crazy and everyone's really excited. It's high fives all around. Shots. Good and times. then, you know, you lose at the last minute and then everybody walks out oh, and is like, like get tears. I was working the bar when uh, the Celtics lost the Lakers. And uh, which which the the last time they played the Lakers in the finals, and it was one of the worst shifts ever. You know what I mean? Because the place is jazz, everyone's going nuts, and then literally within five minutes, everyone has left, and it's pretty much silent. And you're trying to like get through the shift. You still got to work. You know what I mean? But you really just want to go out and smoke a cigarette and cry. (laughs) But (laughs) you know, you you gotta you gotta carry it on. You know, know, this is Boston, man. We press on. We do. We fight the good we fight. Do. We do. We power through. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of powering through in depression, I turned over there to just Johnny. You? <laughs> no one knows hey, depression like I'm this I'm crying, guy. man. Uh, yeah. How you doing there, buddy? I don't even know why, but I'm crying. Don't know why? Because I'm depressed. No, no. Don't be depressed because we have an awesome show lined up for you, man. We got comics. We got movies. And we got a stellar. Apparently, I'm assuming a stellar game. But you've got the real inside for us. Coming up is Hellblade. Send you a sacrifice. Send you a sacrifice. Oh man, it is a hell of a game. Uh-huh. In a I see what he nice did there. Pun. I see what he did there. Good, good or good not guy. way. Good, good what, not what? Whoa. Good or good not. That's a that's my new 
That's my new thing. Okay, okay that, no sound, that sounds awful. <laughs> so we will have we will have uh, what the hell that means coming up later on the show. Also, I got to check out Life with Kevin um, about this the is not Kevin James or anything, right? Absolutely. All not. All no. right, then we can continue because uh, that would actually the, left the show. The prominent gay character who has left uh, mm-hmm. Archie Comics or not Archie Comics, he's left um, Riverdale uh, to venture off onto on New York and uh, life of his own. And these are his um, he wow, looks jacked misadventures. Up. He looks like steroid Archie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, no, no, Kevin's uh, Kevin's no joke. He's uh, he's he's a fit young man. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that actually plays into some of the uh, some of the hijinks and shenanigans he gets in. By hijinks I, and, and shenanigans, I mean Harvey Weinstein esque uh, oh, situations. No, yeah. so I'll, I'll really? give you the inside stuff on that in just a minute. Yeah. But first, I want to also mention, dude, we got to check out Netflix's Mudbound. We did, and coming from the light fair of uh, of uh, life with Kevin to just the hard, <laughs> hard story of Mudbound. Um, yeah, it's pretty much, you know, your, your, your ups and downs here, you know what I mean? It's a serious, like, racial tension. Yeah, dude. And then, you know, hey, what's this guy doing? Mm-hmm. This guy, how much drama can he have? When I have good times, well, good old-fastened down-home You missed a spot at the gym. For you. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right. And, of course, let's not forget Venomverse. Dude, I got the peep this. Johnny got the peep this. Herb? All right, we are in full force because we're going to give you the inside stuff on uh-huh. Marvel's follow-up indirect sequel to uh, last year's Spider-Verse, which was a really popular um, run in the Spider-Man universe. Whoa, I'm dropping things. Herb, I broke camera. Oh, All it's right. broken. If, yeah, speaking, nah, of, speaking of the camera there, if anyone's watching on Facebook, you can check us out on WEMF feed, <laughs> and we are looking very pretty. And, of course, if you're, not, if you're just listening to us, you can also watch us on our own feed at twitch.tv slash thegeekdown. Yeah, <laughs> for our French listeners. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but now I'm gonna jump right in. To I'm, well, first of all, I'm sorry, Herb. I apologize. Our own DJ Herbie Herb, keeping it sounding amazing. Hey guys, the guy over there. <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, the hyper soft spoken. All right, but now I want to jump right in to uh, Life with Kevin. Like I mentioned, this is from Archie Comics. This is the most recent, um, well, most recently released in individual issues. But you can also check out Life with Kevin uh, Volume One. Which is available now. Uh, get it on Comicsology digital version or your local comic shop. And it's the story of uh, Kevin Keller, who's left uh, Riverdale. He's taken Veronica with him. Uh, Veronica Lodge. I'm out. Is, She's coming with. Hey man, you yeah. know, you got you got to have your people. That's one person back. Grab, you need an entourage. Well, he, he, he's he's the we leaving. He's the gay friend, so it's not like Archie taking his bottom bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's very inappropriate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Archie taking his Archie taking his main squeeze. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> to, the, to the new city. But uh, no, he's bringing her on for mutual support because she needs her to have his back. He needs her to have her back. I yep. think I think that's correct. I'm tongue tied. It's been a bad day. But what it comes down to is it's been a bad day. But I also got to read a good book. Life with Kevin has a lot of the same fare I'd expect from a 90s sitcom. I even mentioned that uh, that in the blurb for so this it's like episode. like Mad About You style? Uh, definitely Mad About You, but I was considering the fare more along the lines of like Caroline in the City. You know, Ooh, or, that's um, a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Or what was Ellen's sitcom uh, before she started doing her uh, daytime talk show? Because Wasn't Ellen? Uh, I don't know. What was it called? I don't know. There was one with uh, with uh, Fred Savage. Either way, it involved journalism, <laughs> you know, and, and that was like where the world went. And here, and here, my old folk, yes, uh, first place I went was the the short lived, and by short lived, I mean a single episode um, finale slash uh, 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 a spin off pilot of Clarissa Explains It All, where she went to New York and started her first day as a journalist at some magazine. Really? Yep. Well, mm. Kevin's gone to New York, and his very first disastrous first day. Um, well, in, in leading into the career, but the first epi- the first episode, the first issue is all about his disastrous first day in New York, mm. working at his um, low level, like you know, floor job. Uh, at it seemed a, like an apt way to start when you move to New York. Well, you, you know go I mean? thinking it's, you're gonna be you're gonna be a legit journalist. You, you know, you know I'm gonna cover these stories of political intrigue and you know uh, social upheaval, and then it's like, okay, so here's uh, how Kim K's butt has expanded this month. Well, first of all, if you think you're just gonna move to New York and just get the great job right out the gate is a, a fairy tale in itself. I know people that happened to or I, have an apartment that's not a closet. I hate them with a passion, right? Because it's just like as I, I've, I've struggled in They're my life. You just don't exist, really. Yeah, you're not supposed to anyway. 
anyway. And, and believe it or not, I have like stumbled ass backwards into some great positions. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, you know, uh, uh, downward dog, um, <laughs> uh, 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 doggy style is a good one. Um, upward facing. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Eiffel Tower. It's you know, great position. You have stumbled into it. <laughs> stumbled backwards into them. Um, no, uh, I don't want to take away from the integrity of the story because it's just a fun read. A lot of the action is really fast, but then again, like I mentioned, that I made that equation to 90 sitcoms. It takes place and re- it's reminiscent of a lot of those because everything moved really fast. People talked really fast and they got to different places and you get a lot of story content in a short amount of time. Normally, I would be very against that because if it's a more serious story, that really just robs the content of any kind of weight. You want it to play out in a like kind of a more natural yeah, you know, yeah, more realistic at least. Even sure. though we're talking about comics, and even in a comedy, that may not give time to build up to jokes. You know, but the way this plays out, it's an Archie comic. You know, it's meant to be a quick read. It's meant to be a fun read. And horrible stuff happens to him, but also funny stuff happens to him. And there's a good balance I found as I read over time. Like, I read the first issue and I wasn't really into it. I'm like, I'm not. What's going on? Like, let me flush this out and stuff. But as it went on and by, I think, issue four, I was really digging it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I see what they're getting at. Right. And this is really meshing with me. Even though I'm not the target audience, I really had a great time reading this. Nice. You know, and I'm surprised. I think I'm too old. I always like stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like, am I really the appropriate person to be reading or watching this? Mm-hmm. And then it's your favorite thing you're watching every night falling asleep to it on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And you know what you know what the good thing about it was? Um, I'm giving this thumbs up, first of all. This is this this was just a fun read. And I kinda needed it on a bad day. Yeah. You know? Well that's you know, it's important as well, you know, when you're you kinda bummed out and you stumble upon something, especially if you think it's not gonna, you know, be affecting for you yeah man i got up i stubbed the toe i walked outside to get the paper the door like shut behind me and then as i'm walking <laughs> you're to, locked out you then somebody calls the cops so you're trying to break into your own apartment no 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 i know enough about that black man in america we can't, <laughs> we can't have that no so i'm walking to my neighbor's place to see if i can get the spare that they're holding and then starts raining on me it, 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 was, it was it was a fun one cloud fun just on you one right. cloud just following me there as a you know some guy with a trombone just happened to walk by boom 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 I don't know where he came from. There's no band. Anyways, uh, uh, but no, Life with Kevin is a fun read. It's a good story. It's uh, from Archie Comics. It's out right now. It's available. I recommend it. It's just Archie's got this weird resurgence over the years too. Obviously, you got the show Riverdale, but like, yeah. really a big. There's a new cartoon pushback Riverdale's with, with popular, Archie. You know live what I mean? action. It's interesting. Well, they're doing interesting things. What I, well, Archie's one of those series that they'll never let die, and I I, I usually hate those. Right, but it was like kind of dead I, 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 just I, in public eye. You know what I mean? People like man. I think most people would be like unless you're like really in the know but most yeah. people are like oh they still make those well that's because and then they decided to kind of like hey let's breathe some new life well into you know this. what it is they're like the cigarette companies man they got to get them hooked early they do you know when they find kids when they're really young and uh-huh. they give them that first free archie comic i think they still come around to schools and you know that little box you used to get of there'd be like a free deodorant thing there'd be a free box of sticks soup like crepes. this big you know and they got three inches yeah just they give them out to fifth graders just hey this is a thing and never mind that these are all brand products that you know we're trying to hook you in with you right. know that's why but Coca-Cola is sponsoring free it's gifts. It's reading, you know what for, I mean? I think people overlook it, you know what I mean? As long as they're you know, doing something constructive. True, because I was reading stuff like Boonicula and stuff when I was mm. age-appropriate for this stuff. But um, uh, this is a bit more mature. Kevin Keller, this is for slightly older audiences. Not too mm. old, but a little older than your average, uh, you know, Will Archie, Won't Archie, you know, put a finger in Betty or Veronica type mm-hmm. audiences. Teenager stuff. And what, what it really, yeah. And this really presents it in a uh, more lighthearted but I don't know, damn the musing light. And I really harken back to the sitcom thing because it felt like reading uh, an, ep- uh, an issue of a uh, transcript of Will and Grace, kind of. That's what I was just going to yeah. say. It sounds like a, you know, like between, a, uh, a, between a teenage Kevin Will and Grace, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got, Which I got is, that. You're sound. down with that show, too. It's a good show. I, hey, I'm just. I, Are you hating on Will and Grace? I am again? not. I did not say a damn thing about Will and Grace. Uh, I have not watched any of that. Maybe that's why. You know, they brought it back, right? I do. So you've got even more content to catch up on <laughs> it's yeah i got seasons yeah got come, on, seasons come on man woody harrelson was on an episode there was he he was on a few actually yeah and i like woody. woody harrelson was on a few um uh i was i want to say tova borgnine that's not who i'm talking about <laughs> patty lupone it's like tofer grace and ernest borgnine that's a good match uh, no tova borgnine Do you know tova, uh ernest borgnine's um uh daughter there I, if I saw her, yeah, my name, no. All right. Um, there's uh, Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen okay, had, yeah, a, yeah, uh, yeah. had a, a long run there. Um, also, your boy. Um, dang, why do I can't I never remember the man's name? 
Ron um, Swanson. Yeah, <laughs> the guy who played Ron Swanson. Yeah, what, what Nick Offerman. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, well, Nick, they're married. They are. That's why Nick he was Mullally there and, long yeah. before that mustache. Nick Offerman ah. did a did a couple of roles on Will and Grace. Not only that, they brought him back for the latest season. Yeah, he. I mean, he's the Parks and Rec guy. I think most people know him as. But well, now like, he is. If yeah. You, if you go to Sundance, you're gonna see like 15 movies where he, he plays someone's father. Hey, he was. It was a. Uh, he's got a father. McDonald, look. right? It was one of the McDonald brothers in uh, the movie. Uh, with uh, with Adam Sandler, what's his name? Ah, uh, it came out like Michael Keaton. He was the main character, mm-hmm. uh, and had that guy. Michael Keaton, Ron had... Burgundy, or whatever. Wake up, Ron. Not Burgundy? Ron Burgundy. Um, yeah. Whatever, the mustache man. You are the worst. Yeah, clue that, 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 he was playing as one of the McDonald's brothers, and I could I could use that as a jumping off point. Oh, you're you talking about the founder. That the founder. Movie. That's okay. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's no, the all you starting, have to say. The, f- the starting of McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. The, he, uh, he was in that movie. Had but. you said that, we could have gotten there. You gave. Okay. He was uh, Michael Keaton was in there with a guy with a mustache <laughs> and McDonald's. That should be all you need. You said the McDonald brothers, not McDonald's. That's where I think we we got thrown. But yes, he is actually becoming quite the accomplished character actor. But uh, he's always playing. I, th- I think Michael I was. Keaton? Oh, not yeah, Michael. Michael's. I'm uh, talking about Nick Michael Offerman. Michael Keaton's a great yeah. character actor. Uh, Mr. Mustache. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about Nick Offerman. He's becoming okay, right. uh, Nick Offerman. Nick the manliest man in America. He was. Uh, I saw. What's the, uh, the taking hero up the medal from Tom Selleck. <laughs> when, when you think mustaches now, I no longer think Tom Selleck. What's your top five Offerman? mustaches of all time? Top five mustaches. Top five. Raul Julia. <laughs> the Gomez mustache. That thin. Yeah, but like he's not known just for the stash. Oh, people that are known just for the stash? Yeah. Oh, well, Adolf Hitler. Gotta be the... Right there. Well, I'm talking about movies and actors and okay, things okay. like that. Freddie Mercury, Char- Charlie one. Chaplin, the exact movies. same mustache. Freddie Mercury's a good one, but he's not a, he's not a, he's not an actor. He's a... Doesn't matter. He's a musician. Okay, he's mustache well, it does when we're making a list Freddie of Mercury. just actors. Um, okay, well, I, I, I got Charlie Chaplin just because I'm old. Okay. Oh, and that's, that's, that's that. Mm, yeah, I, I can yeah. never do the thing where... Mm, mm, if anyone's watching us on Twitch, you can see me embarrassing myself by sh- shifting my lip. All right. Uh, Tom Selleck, obviously. Tom Selleck. Burt Reynolds. Burt... For the mustache, though? Definitely Burt Reynolds, yeah. Not for the mustache. Yeah. Not for the mustache. Have you ever seen any of those movies where he shaved his mustache? Yeah, I don't want Or even better, any, <laughs> any, any of those roles from before he grew the mustache. Mm. Like, one of my favorite roles ever is him on a really bad episode of The Twilight Zone, where um, a writer, a, a, a modern Ray writer, modern in the 50s, um, is stuck for inspiration, and he wishes he had a muse, and he actually conjures up, like, through the magic of The Twilight Zone, conjures up uh, William Shakespeare. And, oh, uh, Bill Shakespeare, Shakespeare, eh? Yeah, and Shakespeare tries to write for TV. And he realizes the actors <laughs> in his day were very different. They were you got Italian and blah, 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 versus the writer, the uh, writers, the actors today who were just dicks. And one of my favorites uh, is uh, is um, Burt Reynolds plays like the young buff. Uh, male lead, mm-hmm. who's basically just a meathead who's there because he looks good. Right. And he walks up to Shakespeare, and his whole his whole interaction is, uh, um, so uh. What, are you supposed to be some kind of guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best descriptor ever, yeah. That's uh, great. So, but he's not in your top? Okay, so um, this is mine. That was before yeah. the mustache. It's Selleck, uh-huh. Burt Reynolds, uh-huh. Carl Weathers. Carl Carl Weathers, good yeah. one! Oh! That's uh, a good right, stash. Right. That's okay. That's, I think, a top three. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna, maybe Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. <laughs> he's uh, not an actor, but like he's on the He's, he's, on, on he's the also shaved the mustache now, man. But I know, the but I, I ain't over. watching Jeopardy for that. But like, yeah, I think he's up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. CGI Superman. CGI. <laughs> CGI. <laughs> Stop it right there. Stop it. Um, okay. Okay. You stuck for a fifth one? I, 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 Johnny Depp. No. Such, such I'm just, just like, Wait, Johnny, you gotta have... Yeah. The, that is, the that Pirates is not, of the Caribbean, man. Is, yeah, but okay. it's, I'm talking about like career-wise. If you're gonna be known for the stash, you gotta have like the okay. stash throughout. No, that's, he had like that's that's six not, or seven movies. Um, what's his name from the Double Deuce? Um, the, from the, 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 the cowboy, yeah, the cowboy from the dude, um, from uh, Big Lebowski. Sam Elliott, you're Sam Elliott, yeah, Sam right. Elliott. That's five. He's, he's a, a legit. Thank you. That's actually the name. That's the name I was I was searching for. Yeah, these guys are are. If you see them without a mustache, you know something's wrong. All right, I gotta say, cancer. I'm just saying, like, oh, if you don't have oh. a mustache, like, well, because he played that, right? he played on, um, thank you for smoking, where he <laughs> played that cancer patient, and he did it damn well. And he did actually, he was in the movie The Contender, and he didn't have a mustache. He was a politician in that, that and it was like wrong. It was awful. Yeah. Wait, did he shave the mustache for it? He did. When was this? Yeah, this was like 2003 or something. Oh, okay. yeah, it's been a while. He's, he's <laughs> growing it back since. How was that actor in uh, Dallas Buyers Club? That was uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, he rocks a good mustache in whatever movies that he has him in. 
You can I pull them off. He doesn't usually wear one, though. But I'm saying, like, fun. Sam Elliott, I mean, that's like 30 years in, of mustache. Yeah, that's You like, know what I mean? That yeah. reminds me of, um, there was an old, old episode of Conan when he still did Late Night. Conan, uh, Conan, Conan O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. When um, one of the dudes in the band uh, uh, had La Bamba. La Bamba, Had yeah. this mustache that he hadn't shaved. Like, that was his look. <laughs> oh, he hadn't shaved it or, or trimmed it or anything. Well, he trimmed it, but he hadn't shaved it in, um, like, 20 years, like 15, 20 years, mm. wow. and they bet him on the show that if something happened, he would shave his mustache, and he shaved it on air, Wow! and they gave it's him an electric TV. shaver, and it took like a good four <laughs> minutes of, of just back it breaks and forth. the blade. It yeah. was just that sure. thick. It had grown in like this forest It's like forest you're trimming Lloyd Christmas's uh, toenails in Dumb and Dumber. Like getting the jaws of life. Well, it was one of those that even after he shaved it, it was just a completely different skin color. One day. It was that, yeah. The yeah, it's, it's almost not even flesh, flesh at that point. It's something um, weird. All right, my five is Charlie Chaplin. Um, Tom Selleck has to be there. Yep. Uh, Nick Offerman. Okay. Uh, I mentioned uh, I mentioned uh, Gomez Adams, even though you you pulled that one. Raul Julia. Yep. And Wilford Brimley. Ooh. Wilford Brimley. Yeah, Dave, that's this a the good solid one. Uh, push broom. Diabetes. Um, diabetes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this big walrus looking thing. By the way, down. because you mentioned Wilford Brimley, did you remember when he, the movie Hard Target with Van Damme and he plays yeah, he play, he that his, his grandfather or his uncle something and he yeah. shoots a guy with a bow and arrow? Yeah, he was bad. Like Wilford Brimley with a Cajun accent well, shoots a, a guy with a bow and arrow. No, bow, a, bow like, and arrow? legit bow and arrow. I'm like, okay, it's been a while. How weird of a point in like it's movie well, history is that it's a it's a Cajun mo- it's a movie uh, where they, they, uh, Wilfred Brimley what chance I still have your shotgun he's he comes out with his shotgun Cajun and then Van Damme goes on this yeah way. he's wielding a shotgun riding a horse <laughs> through the bayou okay, yeah out of very, very few few things in life are more badass than that Wilfred Brimley shooting a guy with a Cajun accent yeah. and uh, with a bow and arrow yeah, that's just, I don't know. That's John Woo at his most, what the hell's going on? Yeah, seriously, man. Casting was like, what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Life with Kevin. Le- I gave we, Life with Kevin a thumbs up, did. like, we ages ago. Up, yeah, that we review is over. Life with Kevin was really good. I highly recommend it. It's out now from Archie Comics. Uh, you can buy it in individual issues, or Volume 1 is available as a collected trade. Now, I'm going to kick it over to my man, just Johnny. Whoa. Yeah, that's right, because you want, I'm, 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 you okay? I thought we were bound. I know. Okay. I said the wrong name. I was trying to. I was trying to backpedal great, gracefully, and you cut me off. Thank you Sorry. for that. No, it's okay. Black Adam Willis. Yeah. You got to check out Netflix's latest. Um, but and, it came oh, out a little uh, while ago, and now it's, it's been nominated for a few Oscars, including Mary J. Blige's, Indeed. which is uh, actually nominated for two. Oh, two? I didn't, I didn't know. I two. believe because she does this original song. Uh, for this movie. I, I played over the credits, right? I, I believe so. Yeah, okay. And I did not know that. This is one of those movies that's like you think of uh, racial tensions in the Deep South post-World War II. It's just like, oh man, like this will probably be good, but you kind of got to gear yourself up for a movie like that. It's like mm. before I saw like 12 Years a Slave or something like that. I'm like, I know this can be great, but I'm not going to walk into this or out of this really... Like, happy, no, you know what I mean? No, and you're no. kind of just, just like, you gotta looks, brace yourself too. And all the is, images of this is, is like really, really sour uh, looking uh, looking uh, 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 southern people. Their faces are dirty and their expressions just scream despair yes. the entire time. And like, oh, I guess it's a feel-good movie. Yeah. Well, Mudbound, directed by uh, Dee Reese. I believe she did a movie called Pariah a few years ago. I hadn't checked it out, but I hear uh, it's, it's a great film. But this is her uh, newest film uh, starring Garrett Hedlund plays mm-hmm. Jamie Jason Clark plays Henry their brothers mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan is in this Mary J. Blige like I said Jonathan Banks mm-hmm. is the uh the racist old uh, father. Oh the yeah, yeah. If anyone does remember him, he was on Breaking Bad. He was Breaking. He played Mike Airman Trout in mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, and he uh, plays those... like the uh, giant racist prick, which he's. Oh yeah, no, he's. he's I, I hate him. At, I hate, but him, you hate him. I yeah. hate him so which much. I hope it doesn't taint any of the other roles. Like sometimes you see him, like I hate you. you I've never seen him play a likable guy. He was on Las Vegas as, as, as he was a in hate... Community as a. He was kind of funny. Nah, okay, mm-hmm. okay. You know he'll, who will, who he'll always be to me. What's up? You remember Beverly Hills Cop? Mm. He's the henchman that shoots Mikey Tandino in the hallway. <laughs> That's who will always be, and I hate him. Interesting. I yeah. can't get that image. Well, to be fair, I was like four, and I saw him kill a guy on screen, so it's kind of hard to yeah, shake next that you image a off. Bit, shook, yeah, yeah sure. but no, he is ultra hateful in, in, yep. in this. And Jason Mitchell, who, you know, uh, Ronzel, who plays one of the other. Basically, this movie is a post-World War II story of uh, mm-hmm. racial tensions in the Deep South. Mm-hmm. It starts out with these two families. 
uh, one of them white, one of them black, and they're both working this land, and the land is not really the best for actually bringing in your crop. And it's basically trying to navigate the, the Jim Crow era really, you know, this racial divide is very clear, and they're basically trying to survive. Coexist, really. And coexist. Um, while that's going on, uh, uh, Gara Hedlund's character and uh, Jason Mitchell's character really kind of tr- are trying to get out of there, and they find their opportunity by going to war. Yes. And so they do, and when they get back, they find kind of have this bond based on their shared alienation which is with everything. It's kind of this other PTSD. movies have employed. I've never seen it in this environment. Right, and it's in this the environment. So it's like friends. they kind of become friends, but at the same time, the their friendship is really like a point of contention amongst everybody in this town based on the you know one of them's black and one of them's white yeah. you know what reminds me so of? it's just like these people are trying to bring in their crops mm-hmm. however it's just like that's kind of seems secondary to these people's story and when what they're going through but what's this remind you of? sorry oh um do you remember american history x yeah the story was a lot like that where you get two people who like they start off the movie they're very they're on total opposite sides right. they're totally of the mindset and it's through like a mutual experience that kind of throws them well and this one doesn't directly throw them together they share the experience but they don't interact during the war right it's after the war one family works for the other family stuff, so basically there. you know what i mean it's yeah. like they're you know the the horrors of war impacted them in such a way that they 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 bond because they're the only ones who know what each one of them is going through. Yeah, the only so one that they can truly empathize. Respect. Right, and so it's them. Like I said, like when I met Adam in Vietnam, man. Yeah, <sighs> you know, and I dragged you out of the woods that one time. What do you mean you dragged me out of the woods? I was like, Boa, I don't know. I, 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 I was there to rescue you. Okay, this man had <laughs> had holed himself up in this town, and he'd gotten real. I was fat. covering myself with dirt, is what was really happening. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, talking about the horror, <laughs> the horror, singing songs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. What, what was, what was old, your name? Old spirituals. Yeah, he was really, really fixated on napalm in the morning and the aromas. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, man, we went back. We went back. <laughs> and we lived the life. But anyways, this movie is, it's its some really, you know, troubling dark stuff. It's really, you know, apt for this time, given, you know what I mean, what we're experiencing here yeah. in America. But I love the um, realism. I don't it, think I was ready for. It's its a beautiful movie to look at, though, like the way it's shot and these deep greens and all this, like, mm. brown mud and this horrible-looking land that doesn't really yield, you know, anything. And it's just, it's shot in such a beautiful way, but it's its really in stark contrast to how dark and ugly and some stuff that people's attitudes are you well, know I think what it I mean? needed to be. that really drives this. home the image of these people work in the f- in the dirt all Literally day like the, the name mudbound day, yeah. is really apt because it, it, well first of all for the for the for the dark and for, for the dark uh for the uh for the south uh mm-hmm. i would almost I almost say desert but it wasn't a desert but it's like hot and it's just and disgusting just and it's dry, like it but it just, rained a lot in this movie and it just doesn't end either like this is your life yeah, you know what I mean. The best muddy, you can hope for is that you know backbreaking labor day in day out, and it's just like this tension between everybody, and it's just it's really kind of like the horrors of everyday life of just trying to, you know, put food on the table, but also just you know what I mean, just to find any bit of happiness too. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. some connectedness as well. So then tell and me, it's just who like, moved you in this sucker? Like I think you know. I, I think the role everybody you know uh, played uh, their part w- uh, really well. I mean, uh, Jason Mitchell I thought did excellent. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, he was spectacular. Gary Hedlund as well. They, but you know, they're the, the the two people from each family that, that went to war. Wait, quick and question. It's very quick question. subtle. Is, is, you know is, is, I mean? is, is uh, Hedlund the same dude that played the brother in Get Out? No. Okay. All right. Because I I, no, I, I no, couldn't no. place the face and I didn't have time to look it up, but it looked like him. And I was just like, if that if that's him, this the range on this dude is I'm amazing. I'm trying to think of a movie he was in that you would know. Okay, but he he's got quite a few. You know, he's got a pretty good resume at this point in time. All right, well he but was great. Like, he all, was, all he was great. That. I think that you know is very you know uh, nuanced, kind of understated role. It's not like that big you know grand speeches and stuff like mm. that. A lot of it's told with like you know the subtleties of the movement, the eyes. You know what I mean? It's it's more of like a quiet, you know. Uh, Performance opposed to like the you know these like I said these grand speeches yeah, and stuff like that these that declarations you really of you know racial stuff like that you don't know and, yeah you know soapboxing or anything like that it but wrenches it's really the emotions great. from you and just lets you sit with them for a yeah. bit and you see how like uh you know this the, the racial stuff like could be in your family and it can poison mm-hmm. everything because we're talking about like uh you know uh what was the name we were just talking about uh, um, Hedlund? Mitchell 
No, the father, uh, Jonathan Banks, the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From Breaking um, Bad, he, he you know he he's was, the he racist, toxic. toxic person that yeah. infects everything. Because all he does, he's really this this background character that really just is questioning everything people do and mm. constantly badgering and having this really negative type outlook and that really just like it just seeps into everything and just kind of brings it down and just this and really despicable he, man that, there's no redemption for him like no he goes he's he too starts far off gone there's no saving him and you and once you understand that it's just like oh what a prick yeah the only, the only saving grace yeah. there was this movie takes place in 18 whatever and he's dead now yes oh in 19 whatever but he's dead now yes um I, I will i will say uh, if anyone doesn't remember mitchell um i just have to like flash people back to um uh uh uh, uh straight out of compton he was easy e he and did a great yeah. job in that, and for some reason, that's the only role I can flash back to him because I think this is his best role. Yeah, since he's then. come. I mean, he's this one of these young guys. Who's, you're going to see a lot of good stuff out of him, and mm -hmm. this movie, like I said, is very understated. Mm -hmm. And he he nailed it, man. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. it's absolutely. He did it with some quiet grace, and this movie is uh, uh, it, it's heavy, and it's really uh, I know a fascinating watch, and I think you should all probably check it out. It's free oh, on Netflix. So. It's uh, up for some awards, mm -hmm. an Oscar time. Um, but it's it's definitely worth checking out. I'll give it a thumbs up, hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. I'll give it a thumbs up too. And I do have to say, if anyone checks out the trailer for this, the trailer is very misleading because yeah. I watched the trailer and it seemed like it was going to be along the same lines of like a Candyman type thing. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a black dude comes back from the war. He's familiar. He's familiar with a different way of life because that's how he's been living. You know, European for the last few years. Candyman. And then maybe he looks at a white woman the wrong way, and then you know maybe she looks back, and then maybe that's, they, that's and where the terminal comes yeah, from. Sure. And it's not. It's good about like throw, it keeps you guessing because I went into this thinking, okay, we realize this is going to be the good guy we root for. Okay, and this is going to be where the turmoil lies, and this is going to be this situation that's going to that situation and most of it's not no know? it's it's and i think that would have uh you know would have been a reductive way to go about it you know what i mean because mm -hmm. it's not just like black and white this is a bad guy this is a good guy this is a racist guy this is like a guy yeah no, no it, it, it didn't I mean? follow it's those more, tropes yeah it's 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 more abstract than that there's a lot more you know to it and like i said when you have this father character and you brought up a uh the movie american history x before yeah, and there's yeah. a great moving scene in that film as well where you see the seeds of race and racism planted the when dinner, they're sitting around the, the, the dinner, dinner table the and yeah, they have the father yeah. and the father's played by you know uh, Corey Matthews father from Boy Meets World yeah so and so like you see him this, but he's you know and he's talking he's about just books a hateful. talking about books written by black authors he's like well why they why are you reading books by black authors is it Black History Month he's like why are you replacing books by white authors mm. and that's you know he says that's n word bullshit yeah and the you little I mean? seeds and that are but planted that's the here seeds and there that, are really what affects that's the kids the seeds over you time get. and this is kind of in the same way this one is to the yeah, extreme he, he was just way more in this your is face just it wasn't like, like subtle seeds planted this is He's old in, deep south racism so that's just yeah. it's just right in your face it's you know the language is is there this it's was not, a hard movie to watch it. it's, but this was not. a good movie to watch and i think everyone on that list deserves uh, to yes. be up for the awards that they're up for. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Like I said, oh. I give it a thumbs up. I would definitely suggest watching it. Also, real quick, what was the name of... Um, it's long, too. What was the name of the wife? Uh, Carrie Mulligan. Kelly Mulligan, thank you. Yes. I, I couldn't place her face, but I knew I had seen it before. Mm -hmm. And she's done a fair amount of stuff, but she's a British actress. She's English. great. She's done a lot. She's of really movies. good. She's I've, I've, I haven't seen anything else but this one role. I, I saw a couple of things, but I didn't recognize her in them somehow. Mm -hmm. But uh, I recognized her from one role. Uh, any of our, any of our, like you know, uh, staunch Doctor Who geeks out there, any of our fellow Whovians, uh, will remember her from the single episode appearance, but very memorable appearance as Sally Sparrow in the episode "Don't Blink." Hmm. And no, it's and, and it's like it's an it's an episode of Doctor Who without Doctor Who. Okay. It revolves around her and this guy she co owns a, a, a shop with, and I'm like it's ingrained where her hair is different in this. She's a little uh, older, yeah. but that was definitely her. And I'm like I, the face is like burned in my memory, and I can't place why she carried that episode very well. She's she's great. She did uh, the movie Inside Lewin Davis, the Coen yeah, Brothers I, movie. I remember that movie. I don't and remember her from Actually, it. Garrett Hedlund's in that movie, too. So both uh, both actors are are in that film. And she was I think so they're overshadowed by the, by the cocaine-addled John Goodman. <laughs> now it's heroin. Heroin-addled yeah, yeah, yeah. John Goodman. That's why they keep stopping in the bathroom every and that, that, you know, I, half hour. I still wonder, did that poor cat ever get out? We're going off on a tangent here. I apologize. But in the movie Inside Lewin Davis, uh, he dies in a car with a cat. 
mm-hmm. and and Lewin just leaves him on the side of the road while it's raining. No well, stopping. I mean, they get pulled I, over, then Garrett Hevlin gets arrested, so he's literally like abandoned in a w- car, and they took the keys with him. Yeah, <laughs> so, so he has to hitchhike back. But yes. he locked the cat in the car. Did he the cat the leave? Cat. I, th- I don't know, man. He that's locked Schrodinger's thing. cat in the car. Yes. <laughs> did the cat live or did the cat well, die? Well, that's the odyssey of the cat. I think the cat's name was what, like Odysseus or something oh, like that. Oh, jeez. The cat. The cat's name was Fate. Ironically. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've gone way, way, way too long. Not on too long. Uh, I, I think it was a good, co- it was a good, uh, good bit to go into, man. Because no conversation is complete without remnants of Inside Lewin Davis. Right. One of the Which most one of my th- boring movies. Oh I've my ever god, I love that movie I so much. I fell asleep. It was. We. So this will always be a point of contention man. between us two, and I loved it, and I will not hear anything else. We're moving on. I heard so much good <laughs> stuff. A from lot me. from you about <laughs> this. Ma- Wait, what are you doing? My, my, my audio went out. Sorry. Oh, you, oh I was you, hanging. <laughs> you were hanging, bro. Wow. Okay. You, right. Your mic's still out? No, nah, I'm, I'm good right. with these anyways. I was trying um, to turn you off. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. All right. Well, let's talk about Venomverse real quick. I know, uh, Herb, you got my back on this. You got, to, you got to read Venomverse? Yeah. Okay. And Johnny? Yep. I read uh, it. All right. Did anyone want to break down what Venomverse was? So, Venomverse was apparently uh, take all the Marvel all the Marvel characters and put them all into one giant collection give them a symbiote uh, or a symbiote derived from venom and or venomize them and then put them up against a bunch of anti-venom enemies and see how they all just fight each other and how everything plays out all right spoken like a true DC comics reader <laughs> um, like this no no he, he's yeah. Yeah, no, he's got the general idea, but this is Marvel's follow-up to Spider-Verse, which came out last year and brought all the different Spider-Men from the different um, multiverse worlds uh, together to fight one common enemy, which is, um, well, a family of entities that are hunting them. In the same vein, uh, this is a new, um, I don't know, a new breed of creature, a new species of creature that's hunting Venom symbiote specifically. And not just... Through the multiverse. Through the multiverse, correct. So... Doctor, the Venom Doctor Strange brings together different uh, iterations of Venom, and where we join the story is when our own Earth 616 uh, Eddie Brock Venom is brought into the mix. And we get the story from there as to how they're being hunted, as to the specific parameters that these creatures need before they can uh, uh, absorb a symbiote and the role we play versus the role the Venoms are to play. And also, they're in dire, dire straits. And I read this thinking, man, Spider-Verse was badass. But the only thing that... Spider-Verse was damn good. The only thing that bugged me was that I hated the villains in that. I'm like, okay, Marvel's falling back on that trope of the grand enemy is either some overpowered, pompous... Um, space being or some overpowered um, uh, like uh, uh, high class ultra uh, uh, waspy um, uh, uh, pompous erudites aristocratic yeah, 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 yeah. villain you know like things things like um, uh, damn it, what's that Sebastian Shaw uh, the uh, Hellfire. Yes, thank you. Like things like the Hellfire Club. You know, it's like everyone. Oh, it's it's 2018, but I'm wearing an ascot because you know, like. <laughs> and I like I like the concept that they got away from this. I'm like, okay, they're doing something different. They're learning from the mistakes, those few mistakes of Spider Verse. Now they're also giving it to us with the more badass character of Venom. You know, and some of my favorite Elseworlds were the ones where Ven- the Venom symbiote took over other people. Yep, like my nice. personal favorite, which I have. To this day, still shrink wrapped, and I've got the little uh, uh, Kubrick figure that came with it. Uh, the Venom symbiote, uh, instead of going to Eddie Brock, went to the Punisher. Yeah, that's a classic. That man. is badass, dude. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Also, the only person to will the symbiote into submission was Frank Castle. <laughs> I dug that. He was not in Venomverse. Why was he not in Venomverse? That would have been dope. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, but man, Marvel's been doing a lot of stuff with the ve- with the with the symbiotes lately, man. There's been uh, um I, I could have sworn he was in Venomverse. It was uh, like the first the first character to the first Venom character to die. No, no, he didn't have the sc- wait. Yeah, he was the first one to die. I he was he said like they all crashed the Hulk. No. Yeah, the I Hulk one came about. in. Yeah. And then well, uh, he was like this, everyone way, so get out. Well, this is like I don't know. It's not like, in the first page or anything. It's not in the first, first page, page, but it's like five pages gets in his or something. Ass like handed to him. That's yeah. early on in the book. That was beautiful. All right, no, okay, maybe he was. If if he was, he's like the only one they didn't shout out, which is a shame because I like that yeah. Venom, and he looks different from the original design. Although I will say, if that was him, I like his design in this better. 
I like nobody else because everybody else is just kind of thrown in and my main beef with this and I do have beef with this book I'll say it right now because it's an awesome concept that I think they failed to deliver on and maybe that's because Spider-Verse was like a hundred and something issues and Venomverse was only six you yeah, know you're bound to miss some stuff I think so, but they tried to cram what's obviously a larger story into a really short run, which can be done. Brian Bendis did this years ago with Electra. But you tend to get too much exposition and it's a little convoluted. Well, it's not even exposition. They just like, they they have a plan, they enact a plan, then something goes wrong and then they start from scratch. And then they have a plan, they enact a plan, something goes wrong, they start from scratch. That same formula in every single issue. Uh, and Five issues. Five issues? Yep. I read the I read the trade. I thought it was I thought it was six five. My bad. Five. My bad. In five issues, that's much worse. Yeah. Because then they just they worse just play, than I thought. You just press fast forward on the sucker. Mm. It, w- it was pretty much that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But um, first of all, before I go off on my tirade, what did y'all think? Because I remember before we had a couple of words back and forth, me and Herb. But Johnny, you you were awfully silent over there, man. Yeah. I do, I do not read comics at all. Uh, and I was reading. Uh, a different kind of comic uh, this past weekend. Porno comics, yeah, we know. <laughs> it was actually Tank Girl, so you're not far off. You mean you mean Cherry Pop as Tank Girl? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I read this uh, last night, and uh, you know, going from Tank Girl, not to say that what was in Tank Girl was uh, absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. but man, there was actually something to to latch onto in Tank Girl. And this one, it was just here's a bunch of characters, let's put them all together and make them butt heads with each other, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not have sort of an intricate, elaborate story or have any intelligent writing whatsoever. Well, I won't say it's unintelligent, but the, you're right. Was, one of the main failings is that it's just a, it's just haphazardly slapped together. It is, yes. It and is that, it and it lacks, was constantly reminding the reader as if it's their first time reading anything Marvel reminding them of, yeah. like, here's this character and here's their backstory. They were doing it very quickly, well, but it was, like, unnecessary. Like, like, mm-hmm. like, if you're gonna read Venomverse, and you see all these characters, you're reading it for all the characters that are in it, you're not unfamiliar with the material, especially with how big Marvel but that's is. A, but that's a flaw, I think. It relies it flaw, really yeah. heavily on your, um, like, knowledge, uh, on your foreknowledge oh, yeah. of uh, the Marvel characters, and your desire to see that, okay, wow, you mean they got Venom Captain America? Oh, snap, because I know all about Captain America and I know all about Venom. So go, it's like, no, let me see some stuff on panel that's cool and then introduce me to these characters, you know? It's it's, it's kind of like, um, okay, it's, it's kind of like a movie sequel where it's like, it, it really relies on introdu- introducing characters that you know by you being intimately familiar with and, and completely enamored with the previous picture. And the best example I can come up with is uh, The Mummy Returns with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, It's an old movie now, but at the start of that movie, the first one was good, and they introduced cool characters and stuff. And the second movie, when they introduce a new character, it's like, well, the previous characters we knew, they start off the movie. You may know them, but we give a quick introduction of them. And then something big happens, and then, um, I, I can't get off camera, but I'll just kind of like, and then, da-da, new character comes in. But it's that guy you remember. Remember that guy? Hey, it's that guy. They do something. And then, da-da, another character comes in from the previous movie. And it's like, yep. oh, no, not you. And then, da-da, <laughs> and then the third character. Oh, man, he's here, too. What's going on? And it was kind of like a sequel. Over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I, stupid. It was kind of like it, that. It kind of it felt flat with me, dude. Like, I, was, I wasn't a big fan about it, man. Mm-hmm. Like uh, 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 I just had, I kept comparing it to to Remender's, Remender's uh, run where you had like Asian Venom Venom going around. Yeah, it was like the darkest was... thing going on, and then like mm-hmm. uh, and then you know Marvel always go you know returns to like normality. Of course, Eddie Brock had to be made Venom again, and and it was just yeah, like, Wolverine's gonna like, come back to know. life at some yeah, point. You know, you know, so yeah, you know, like 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 yeah, I know the movie's coming up, dude, mm-hmm. but this this event was like. It was like a little rush. Uh, You know know what I'd compare this to? I'd compare this to Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh my god. It almost it's pretty much like that kind of plot through and through. It it reminded me of that so hard. That's unfortunate because what actually plays out in this is the Venom symbiotes are being taken over and the different Venoms are being brought from various realities to fight this common enemy. So I was really hoping to see the different strengths of the different Venoms. You've got Venom um, Doc Ock. You've got Venom uh, Captain America I mentioned. Venom Deadpool. You know, Venom Gwen. Damn it. um, Venom Spider Gwen. 
Yep. You know, they, they, they got really interesting so with the Venoms. They introduced the Venom. Venom symbiote, too. Well, like, yeah. what, what does it add to those characters? Okay, years ago, Spider... Well, there's two different... There's several different... Uh, right. Well, there's like three or four different uh, backstories. I'll give one. Um, Spider-Man, uh, during the Secret Wars, came in contact with an alien... This is just one uh, backstory, because right. there's a few different ones. Uh, came in contact movie. with an alien goo. On yep. a spaceship that they found abandoned on this planet, that they were all that several heroes from the Marvel Universe were brought to to fight a secret war. So he touched that; it covered his body, and there was a sentient voice talking to him. He didn't quite understand what it was, but this new goo gave him new powers, new ability, well, mm-hmm. enhanced powers and abilities uh, akin to his own. He brought that to Earth, and through a series of events, he realized the sim- the suit was a symbiotic being, a being that coexisted with him, but was also feeding off him. Right. Uh, so, he had so it was taking over his Spider-Man mind Spider-Man powers, basically, but... But he was also being controlled by this thing. Not yeah. completely controlled, but it was influencing... It was like a devil on the shoulder type right. thing. So he decided this thing's making me uh, be someone I don't want to be, and he got rid of it. When he got rid of it, Eddie Brock was his uh, rival journalist... Mm-hmm. who was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and the symbiote bonded to him after leaving Peter Parker, after leaving right. Spider-Man. And once it took over Eddie Brock, it retained Spider-Man's Spider-Man powers, power. but also like, and, and knowledge, like things he knew about himself. As in, once it took over Eddie Brock, this other guy, he instantly knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man because the symbiote now knew and that Peter Parker was and Spider-Man. And his spider sense didn't work. Ex- exactly, yeah, because it, it assumes it's the same guy. Mm. You know, so it, that's when Venom was born. Eddie Brock then became Venom, a guy who hates Peter Parker Knowing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and having uh, enhanced powers, uh, the, the enhanced powers of Spider-Man. I don't know, man. That's I think where the symbiote came from. I think it was, uh, it was handled a little. You know what, dude? Uh, I saw the hype happen because they were releasing all these like uh, a Venom uh, uh, variant covers, like mm-hmm. right before the event. Dude, you, you you know, like they were really trying to pump you up for this. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. I really did like it. the Spider-Verse going mm-hmm. into it. I thought they were gonna put a little bit, you know, make cool. a little bit. I hate the concept Deeper, of, of variant covers because they're selling you the exact same book with different art at the exact same price. Which know, means you're just is... paying for things over and over if you want to collect them. Right. And it's a push for uh, marketing purposes, but yeah. also really gassing up the fans for what turns out, often turns out, to be a letdown story. Yeah. And they gave this one such a hard push, and, Spid- and Spider-Verse was so good that I think they were just banking on the concept of Spider-Verse was great, Venom's cool, people are going to buy this regardless, which I mean, a lot of them did yeah uh, i know folks who got these issues before the trade came out and i think it was a letdown i'm 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 saddened to say that this story it delivered a capable story you know um but i gotta give it a thumbs down because a capable story was one not enough for this and two not something i'd accept from a book that i paid for in the first place well, a capable story is what you should expect that should be no you should given. you should expect yeah. a good you should expect a good story hope for a great story and a capable story is one of those ones where you think well i read an issue and it didn't do much but at least I kind of got entertained for a bit. And this one banked on people are going to buy several issues of the same ones. They want to collect the covers and they're going to be talking about this for months and all this stuff. And I think maybe they just handed it to mediocre writers, which is a bummer uh, because it up too early. It, w- it was, uh, you know what? I, okay. I, I take that back. You're right. You are absolutely right. It's not that the writers were mediocre because I think there was legit effort here. Yeah. Like, good ideas. So much better. Man. And had it been, uh, had it been twice as long, it actually could have been really good. Because they would have had time to flesh out ideas, plans could have been enacted. It wouldn't have been such quick back and forth to ultimate failure. Right. You know, they could have taken time on each of the characters. Dude, they had uh, both Venom X thirty uh, X twenty three and Venom Wolverine in here, and they didn't talk to each other once. I'm like, yeah. let me see the father daughter dynamic. Yeah. You know, how was X twenty three dealing with the death of her father? How was Wolverine uh, Venom dealing with a universe where his daughter probably didn't exist? They have a saber tooth uh, Venom. He never once meets uh, Wolverine Venom. You know, they have missed um, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, they have the Wolverine Venom, uh, and they have a uh, Silver Samurai Venom, uh, Silver Samurai um, Wolverine Venom, and a Silver Samurai Venom, and they don't interact. I think they they may be on uh, one panel on opposite sides in the background once. Mm. You know, it's it's ridiculous. You could have done so many great things with this, and I think it might be because it was edited down to nothing to that quick five issues that they decided to, to just like side to curtail all of that for um, uh, just for their quick. Uh, uh, main storyline, which bummed me the hell out because it could have been so good. This had all the promise in the world, yeah. and it did not deliver. A- absolutely. E- everything you said, and I'd even go a little bit further, that the dialogue was written as if it was 
you, the reader, they, they sort of wrote the dialogue as if the re- their intended reader mm-hmm. was like 10 years old. Because well, everything to be, to be, to felt be fair, like comics, they were talking down to me every single time. I will be and fair this is, there. We're, we're grown-ass men talking about this. But comics are generally targeted towards... Even, even the more raw ones I, I are get still that. generally targeded towards young well, audiences. This, this is kids, the raw man. one. I mean, th- there's well, blood and gore throughout Yeah, You know this, how young I was when thing. I started reading comics with blood and gore and like people getting impaled and stuff, right. man? Yeah. Right. I'm just saying they should have knew their audience a bit more and aged up their dialogue because I felt kind of offended by it. All right, yeah, maybe. It, that, that's this, a f- this was like tugging at my nostalgia like like strings man like you mm. know like maximum carnage was like one of the reasons to start reading spider-man dude mm. and like well that wasn't you know like well, maximum was, carnage like, was sega was awesome dude <laughs> like, you know like uh, i don't the, know man it was, it was kind of weird. you guys this jazz for the movie though for the venom, venom movie? movie yeah uh right, you know man. what if they do a good this this honestly does not this honestly uh kind of deflates some of my enthusiasm for wow. it because this was something i was also excited for i loved uh, uh spider-verse and you can't really talk about venom verse without making allusions to spider-verse because it's the right. same universe it's a similar premise it's related characters and conceptually it's even more like it's even more badass because Spider-Verse was limited to different Spider-Man, which is cool in itself because we've gotten multiverse Spider-Man before, but they showed the abilities that they have and what's different about them, and that's cool. You know, armored Spider-Man versus Spider-Man with the arms versus um, uh, the British Spider-Man, the punk Spider-Man, all, th- all types of stuff mm-hmm. there. And then Venomverse, which the Venom symbiote isn't just limited to one or two guys. The Venom symbiote can be anybody. And conceptually, that should have been amazing. Should have. You know, you know? It, it has the Let name... Let me see Venom Star Fox just seducing people <laughs> left and right. It has the name Venomverse on it, and I was expecting more Venom in this. And, man, like, other characters got way more on-page time well, than Venom. And that wouldn't be a problem if they did stuff that related to them. Black Panther is like the biggest Marvel property now in, in anticipation of the movie. There is a Venom Black Panther in this. He does nothing. Absolutely nothing. He, If he didn't identify himself once, I wouldn't even know he was Black Panther. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he has one conversation that's played for laughs. And it's almost worse that they I introduce it like as one that punch. and then they don't do anything. It's a they shame. Just left man. it out. Yeah, yeah that's know. why I'm thinking this may have been edited down, like just half the pieces. Like it. I'm like hoping it. because they will probably do a sequel uh, if this sells well, and I assume it did just on reputation alone. And they allude to a sequel that's going on a larger scale. But I'm hoping that they learn from uh, 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 the mistakes in Venomverse here and really step it up. But when I step it up, I mean at the very least, flesh out the story. Let it be longer, and let's see more of the abilities and stories of the different characters because it it's all interesting we all want more we want to read more and we want to get into this and they weren't letting us this time so i'm really hoping for the next for the next um uh venture that they really take uh, uh care in presenting these characters and give us a story that doesn't seem so slapped together gotcha yeah. all right I'm so down. so bottom line herb hated it read remender's run it was the best venom story in like the last 10 years man it, it was decent I'll, I'll give it to him Hey Herb, you giving a thumbs up or a down? Oh, uh, Venomverse, some I don't, I don't mean if you're bored wow. and you you don't have to pay for it, go for it. That's not an answer, brother. Oh man, no, I thumb, the thumbs down. Okay, all right. you want to waste twenty minutes, skim through it. I think this is the first ever three thumbs down. Three thumbs down, damn! Wow, setting records. I wanted to like this so bad, it hurts. Yeah. Oh, the pain, Adam, the pain. Seriously. Oh, it cuts deep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wounded. Oh, right in the taint. All right, so I'm going to kick it over to just Johnny. You, yeah. my friend, had hopefully a better experience checking out Hellblade. Senua's Sacrifice. Why can't I pronounce that? Uh, it's a weird Celtic name. Skelt, isn't, it, isn't it Viking? Is it Norse? Uh, so, all right, let me let me just read uh, the wiki uh, entry for this. Yeah, lay it on us. Give us All the right, goodness. So, inspired by Norse mythology can, and can you, Celtic... Can you read it in a, in a Norse accent? Inspired by Norse mythology. I, I can't. Oh. Inspired by Norse mythology and Celtic culture, Hellblade follows Senua, a picked warrior who must make her way to Helheim by... Def- by defeating otherworldly entities and facing their challenges in order to rescue the soul of her dead lover from the goddess Hela. So she's thirsty. 
<laughs> in parallel, the game acts as a metaphor for the character's struggle with psychosis, as Senua, who suffers from the condition but believes it to be a curse, is haunted by an entity known as the Darkness. Ooh. Voices in her head known as Furies. That's what so, the Darkness is. So it's a, an allegory for puberty. I see what yeah. they're doing. And here. memories from her past. All, all of these things are sort of taunting her and haunting her mm -hmm. as you're playing through. Uh, and it continues on to properly represent psychosis, the developers who made this game. They worked very closely with neuroscientists, mental health specialists, Sigmund Freud, and even people w that are suffering from the condition itself. Mm -hmm. They went full-blown as far as research is, is considered. They went full-blown to sort of fully understand how to represent psychosis mm -hmm. and uh, these type of uh, mental uh, disorders mm -hmm. uh, and represent that in-game so much so that they took sort of uh, the experiences and you can see this in-game because they have uh, one of the option menus is this uh, documentary that they produced mm -hmm. and it's part of the game itself you can watch this documentary of how they built the game and all the interviews that they did with Damn. mental health advisors and the people that are suffering from the condition and how they worked what those people said how they worked those elements into actual gameplay uh elements where there'd be blurring or it would at times the graphics would look like you're looking through like you know how you had the those tubes as a kid they look through and it would like create this rainbow diamond pattern and if you twist like it everything yeah kaleidoscope yeah mm -hmm. kaleidoscope effect yeah and tons of other things like that or the entire uh world will go completely pitch black and all you'll see is uh uh senua and and it's and you'll kind of have to like guide yourself through there. There's voices. Uh, they actually recommend playing. Are the you game. sure this is the game? Because it sounds like you had a bad trip. Mm. Uh, it, well, the game is a bad trip. The game is it's a, a bad very, trip. very bad, bad trip for oh, well, the character. It's interesting as all hell. All right, well, give us the lowdown, man. How was the gameplay? All right. So the gameplay. The gameplay is as it's a extremely linear. Uh, I would say adventure game that has melee combat action. It's sort of focused into sort of three core elements melee combat action mm -hmm. environmental puzzle solving and the whole psychological horror element and they take that to such an extreme where there's this where they tell you about at very early on hey if you die too many times guess what your save is going to get deleted oh much like in real life yeah <laughs> so and they tell you that from the start so that as you're playing through the game and every time you die because it's it's it is pretty challenging because the combat is uh, i'll get into the combat but it it does test you and as you're dying uh they have your right arm is uh has like this black curse that's how they represent the curse mm -hmm. and it starts to the grow up it's, it's like a ooze almost and it starts to grow up your arm every time you die more and more and you starts to creep up and if it reaches your head mm -hmm. that's it your character your save file is going to get deleted mm -hmm. no, it's, like, it's, like, it's like this this game's version of psycho mantis <laughs> but it's like it's like oh, I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna destroy your saves unless you close it now. Like, is there a way? I mean, oh, I'm gonna assume it's not like that's that's it. There's a way to get the slime, get the ooze back down your arm, well, right? Power ups or something. Well, uh, I don't know if I want to get into a right, very no, slight no. spoiler. It's very slight. Nah, no spoilers. You've got a nasty habit of spoilers. Just like, eh, I'm not okay. Fine. Uh, Darth Vader is Luke's father. It's a small, yeah, sorry small, about small that. One. Sorry yeah. about that one. So uh, yeah, there there is uh, that element, and so. As I said before, the combat is sort of the fun part of the gameplay mm -hmm. that you really want to get into because combat is pretty fleshed out. It's sort of like uh, like a Resident Evil style camera mm -hmm. where it's uh, Resident Evil 4, mm -hmm. where it's completely behind your back looking forward and it's really tight to your back. So you're seeing from right above the shoulder uh and every time there's a new enemy that pops up you're locked on to that particular enemy and you can flick the stick to sort of switch targets uh and you have a dodge button you have a block and parry button and then you have a strong attack a weak attack you can run and charge there's different movesets you can do mm -hmm. but it's it's i hate to say it but it's very reminiscent of the combat of dark souls it's not as 
complex and nuanced as it uh and it is more in a action friendly type of manner but it does challenge you and they throw instead of dark souls where it's usually a one-on-one -on -one affair this one it's still throw you know two enemies three enemies four enemies at you at Just the same time five enemies. melee attacks them. uh yeah so they they challenge you in that way and it's really really fun they have a really good combat system in this game and that's about uh, i'd say about like a third of the game is the combat mm -hmm. and that's the good part uh, a third of the game, or or maybe more, is um, is the puzzle solving, and they seem to have tied too much of the puzzle solving into sort of nailing the psychosis element. Yeah, uh, well, I hate it when Tetris did that. Uh, what, one of one of the main puzzles is that you there's going to be this door that you have to get past. In order to unlock the door, mm -hmm. you have to find a shape in the environment. Mm -hmm. So you're looking through the environment and you're trying to line up different objects like trees or houses or or uh, you know dead bodies or whatever and you're trying to line them up in the right way so that it recreates the shape that the door tells you to, to find mm -hmm. and it's, it's really kind of like a look around the environment until you see a bunch of stuff an indicator that you're near where you need to be and then start looking around it's it's not fun at all it's not really that interesting and there are other puzzle elements in this uh that also aren't that great uh, it would have been nice if they i don't know is there, is there a bypass or is there a, there's no bypass so you kind of have to go through thankfully oh, it's, it's not super bad but it's there enough to be like this again all right whatever i'll just get through it it's oh, that'd be enough to turn me off man i'm old old games used to do that yeah where it's like you'd get to uh, um i don't know a level you have to turn all the lights off in this house or something yeah and uh, that would that would be enough for me to stop playing the game like god forbid it was something i rented this uh game i'm guessing if you buy it uh, and you get to that point, your game, you, you're stuck until you until you finish. Yeah, but thankfully the environments aren't so big that you're going to get lost. And it's you know you go, it's sort of go through a corridor or go through an environment, mm -hmm. get into a fight. Then after that, solve a puzzle within that environment, and then go through another corridor, get into another fight, solve another puzzle. It's like very formulaic. Wait, you had very good impressions linear. of this. Now I'm just hearing, uh, well. It, it it sucked for you. All right, so it it didn't suck. It's the interesting part is the story, is the lore. Uh, there isn't really much of a reason to explore, uh, other than there will be like these little stone totemy things. You go up to it and you focus on it, and then it'll give you lore, like a, an entire voice-driven lore dump on uh, Norse mythology, and it's telling this this actual uh, story in Norse mythology. Uh, I'm not familiar with Norse mythology, but my friend is. Uh, well, this guy named Odin and uh, his, it, his it, son, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thor. Oh, yeah, yeah. They go into detail about Odin, Thor, uh, uh, other there's, sons there's and whatnot and, and, yeah. and people. Uh, Beta Ray Bill is my favorite, my favorite Norse. Yeah, uh, the, uh, also, the one uh, on Warf, fire. Mr. I forgot uh, his Lieutenant name. Warf. What's, what's the fire one? Uh, Hades. Not Hades. <laughs> Uh, there, was, there was this fire one, and he's supposed to be like the bringer of the apocalypse or whatever, or the Norse. Sulfur. Sulfur. Close. Something uh, like that, but yeah. Satan. Satan, that's the guy. Soot. Soot. His name is Soot. His name is Soot. Okay. Yeah. You can tell I know nothing about Norse mythology. Well, so. It ties that in, and then as it's telling those stories, you're starting to see the connection between those stories, the very loose connection between those stories mm -hmm. and Senua's story. But it's really about Senua, her story, mm -hmm. her psychosis, and sort of overcoming and sort of getting through that strife in order to get to the end game, which is really fantastic. Uh, but the game itself so it is really high production really beautiful uh amazing sound uh sound design amazing uh graphics beautiful environments yeah the aesthetics of this were were people raved about them online yeah. i checked out a video of the mocap and a lot of care was taken in to, was taken in uh to making uh senua yes to making senua look as realistic as possible and I didn't get to play it myself, but the videos I saw looked amazing. Yeah. And I'm hoping that's not just like one section of the game that people focused on. The rest looks like crap. No, no, no. The entire game all the way through. And actually, when you get towards the very end stage of the game, mm -hmm. things get so over the top in such a really, really, really good way. And it okay. makes going through the middle part of the game mm -hmm. 
worthwhile because the middle part is where this game struggles it's a little bit too long uh long in the sense that they made it it's not a long game you can beat it in like six hours uh but it's long in that that middle chunk is felt like padding to make the game longer because if they cut mm. that middle chunk which was pretty much unimportant for the for the game for the most part all right so uh, acknowledging that that is that was put in as just fluff does yeah. that affect your rating for the game oh uh, it, it does yeah, it it definitely does. It can turn off people from they they could see that as like a stopping point or a point where it's like you know you play those games and you're like yeah, yeah I'm enjoying this but all of a sudden like another game comes out and you switch to that one and then you never mm. get them you never work up the drive to go back absolutely to, to any it. game yeah. where I, where I have to stop the action because I got to farm stuff or I got to grind for gold or it, it becomes like one big fetch quest yeah. Or, or, no, any game where I have to save NPCs and have them follow me through some kind of, like, dangerous terrain. <laughs> I stopped Dead Rising for, like, months because I couldn't get these a-holes from, like, the jewelry store uh, across the zombie-filled mall. Because they kept, I mean, they cha they updated the AI as games went on because a lot of people had these complaints. Yep. But they kept stopping and letting go of the hands. And I'm, I'm like, you follow me, I'm here to save your life. There's zombies trying to kill you left and right. This is not the time to window shop. Yeah. And then I give them a gun, they'll shoot me. I, I would say yeah. that is more interesting game design than what this one has. Oh, damn, I, you are giving me mixed signals here, man. It, it, it's just the game design, it's meant to be a linear game. It's better off being like just combat mm -hmm. and then story segments. And like going through and exploring the environment, I can see why they they have you controlling those elements to sort of nail home the the uh, the psychosis elements that they want to do, especially with the puzzle alignment and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it 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 kind of took away it it outstayed its welcome after a certain point of time, All and right. and that's where it is. So overall, though, I'm going to give it a thumbs up because mm -hmm. this reminded me of games that from long time ago that just don't get made anymore, like Eternal Darkness, where it really plays on on you but more so instead of you this one plays on the character and you're seeing what is going on with the character and the just the craziness and how how it, it's admirable that she is able to go through this amount of abuse just in so many forms D, i know just just to have From this beyond the grave just to have this skull that she's been carrying around of her dead lover it's her it's a skull She's carrying around a skull like, to Pop hell. Chainsaw? Like a skull. Yeah, she's he, carrying he, around. Yeah, is, he, yeah. is he like on her hip cracking jokes and stuff too? Is that what's it, it doesn't on? talk. Ah, but but it like it has like this has like a bit of the black curse on it, so it's like a little oozy black and nasty. And she's carrying that all like the way over to through hell mm -hmm. in order to make sure it's sold doesn't uh, i don't want to get spoilers his but soul save his soul because he was putting it down that good yeah when and he was alive yeah. just, just 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 contortions yeah. and and flexing just make just all the rug burn yeah in, in the world and just like all right never mind yeah. so it, it's a mixed bag combat's phenomenal mm -hmm. uh it's not the best but it's really really good uh and the graphics and the audio design all those all elements are great it's just mm -hmm. it's it's sad that it has those other elements that are either too long or too padded mm -hmm. or too too badly envisioned. All right. But so overall, it was, it's good. It was a good effort. Um, yeah. It has its it has its failings, uh, a couple of foibles there yep. that could be improved. But overall, yeah. good experience. Yep. And All it's right, uh, cool. thirty dollars on Steam and PS4. All right. The game is called Hellblade. Senuous sacrifice. Thank you. Oh, even you got it. Show me up. All right, well, I want to thank you all for joining us. This has been The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. And I remind you all, you can catch us every Monday nights right here, or you can catch us at geek-down.com for all the latest and greatest and interviews and reviews and all that stuff. Also, catch us on social media. Find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and you can follow us there. We're also on SoundCloud. If you're watching us on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown, you're in the know. If you were just listening to the audio, you can find us right there and see our smiling faces every week. Also, check us out on YouTube and on SoundCloud 
or find us on iTunes and you can subscribe. All of those locations, you search The Geek Down, we're always the first ones to come up. And until then, dude, if you have anything you heard on this show, you want to chime in on, you played a game, you saw a movie, you want to talk about it, all that stuff, you read a comic, you want a recommendation, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. And until next week, we'll catch you all and remind you, be excellent to each other. Peace. W-E-M-F Radio Green Goddess Delights Edibles, topicals, remedies Using only whole plant cannabis formulas For real green healing Mind, body, and soul Providing patient to patient safe access Find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook For details and information Green Goddess Delights Delights. 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 Delights.